This is the Random Nintendo Podcast for June 13th. I'm Kevin, and to my virtual left, we had Jason. Hello. And to my virtual right, as always, we got Angel. What's up? What is up? So, if you didn't listen to the last episode of Quarantine Chronicles 1, how dare you? And <laughs> 2, uh, this is actually just that podcast, but just with a different name. Uh, the numbering scheme conversation, I think we just ended up deciding to keep, like, continue yep. on with the numbers. Yeah, so this is uh, technically the 26th episode of this podcast. Uh, so, yeah, welcome one and all, and uh, let's throw some shade as Angel had uh, kicked us off right before we started recording. It was either Angel, let's throw the shade, shade or uh, what was the other thing that you said? I don't remember. Bang this one out? Oh, let's bang this one out. That's right. But, Angel, do you have shade to throw? Is there something on your mind? Why um, are you not really. in the shade mood? <laughs> I mean, throwing on some shade, yeah, it's typically used like a negative thing. But, I mean, some people appreciate appreciate some shade, right? I mean, am I right? I mean, am I right? Like, some people like yeah, some like, shade. Uh, yeah. Peter in Parker summer. in Spider-Man 3. When uh when he goes with Gwen Stacy to that bar that Mary Jane works at, and the hostess he gives her he sw- he gives her a twenty. I'm pretty sure it was a twenty, and he whispers into ear, "Find some shade, hot legs." I don't remember. So, and this is now an ASMR podcast, apparently. <laughs> those those uh Raimi movies I feel like didn't age quite well. They're still fine, no. but uh. They're the very, very. Uh, all three of them. Oh. Oh. Well, I would. I, I, I would say. To be I would honest. say the shade has begun. I, hold on, hold on. Well, yeah, let's throw some shade. Sorry, Sam Raimi. Uh, don't get me wrong. I like all three of them. Uh, I do. I. I. I really like Spider Man Three, but let's not. What? <laughs> Wait. What? Yeah. 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 Who are you? Wait. What? It's, it's time like to put Kevin's taste into when, question. When have when have I ever said? Have I ever mentioned that I didn't like Spider-Man three? Or I don't think it's ever. Come no, but the up. general consensus is Spider-Man three is the bad one. I mean, like yeah, the general I mean, zeitgeist yeah. consensus. No, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it's a good movie. I'm just saying okay, that I you like just it. like it. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely was very in its. Zone. It knew what it was and it tried to be it. It's just maybe what it was was not what people want. Uh, I mean, sure, but. I don't know. Everybody sees Tobey Maguire as the... Uh, here we go. We're going to throw some shade on Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I feel like Tobey Maguire was the worst Spider-Man that we've gotten so far. Hmm. As far as playing as Spider-Man goes. As an actor goes, or as in his take on Spider-Man? As in his take on Spider-Man, which I guess would be more Sam Raimi's take. Because, right. like, Spider-Man is supposed to be cool, he's supposed to be funny, he's supposed to be quippy. Tobey Maguire had none of that. Or at least a Spider-Man didn't have that. I mean, that's the first intentional, movie, he has one but... joke. Yeah, but, like, that's that's Spider-Man's whole thing. If people want to get mad... Like, let's say they were to, to uh, change his race, right? Let's say that we got a black Spider-Man instead. People would be all up in arms like, well, that's not Spider-Man. Peter Parker's what, supposed mean, to be white, that kind of thing. 
but Black Peter Parker, right? Because we do have a Black Spider-Man. Oh, Miles. well, yeah, my bad. Black, yeah, so, Black yeah. Peter Parker. And to yeah, be fair, yeah. uh, Miles is uh, Afro-Latino, I think. Afro-Spanish? That's true. Yeah, that's he's true. Cuban. Yeah, he's Cuban. Yeah. Something? Yes, well, Spanish, so. but... Or Dominican? I think, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure which one. Um, and he's just an awesome character in general. I really like him. In yeah, Miles Spider-Man. is awesome. Uh, yeah. Apparently, he wasn't as Spider-Man Miles Morales liked is like in the, the comics. I guess like they. Oh yeah, everybody hated him. Yeah, apparently when, they turned his personality around in yeah, yeah. and the games and movies. But apparently he was like maybe too similar to Peter Parker that it was almost like pretty much like what Kevin said that it was like oh this is dumb like we already have a Peter Parker. Well, keep in Make mind there's unique. also when they first announced it the whole cultural uproar that shouldn't exist but apparently does for whenever they decide to do a different take on a character that was previously white or male. Yeah. So there was also that intertwined in that criticism. It wasn't just, oh, we don't like the character. It was like, how dare they do another Spider-Man that isn't white Peter Parker. Like, there, there was that yeah. intermixed yeah. in there. So, yeah. but, like, in, in my in – what I'm saying with Toby, let's say they casted a black person as Peter Parker. People would be up in arms about that. It was like, it's not true to the character. But, like, if you watch Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi's movies – his Spider-Man is not true to the character of the comics. I, because, yeah, he, like, he I, I read all, right. Yeah, How he's do, supposed to... He, like, turns cool when he's Spider-Man. And that Spider-Man is not cool. He has, like, one... one eight, well, yeah, but... Which is I why mean, you like three. It all makes sense now. Huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because he's... <laughs> dude, he's super cool. He's cool. <laughs> that scene where he's coming out of the department store? You I saw just it? Dancing? We, we all saw it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say that the third movie is the best one of that of that trilogy. Ooh. Well, I, I'm, um, I'm 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 joking. Direct no, all I, your I feedback, think... listeners, to at KVN Gomi on Twitter. <laughs> now, see, Andrew Garfield Spider Man had the opposite problem, where Andrew Garfield was a terrible Peter Parker because he was way too cool, but his Spider Man was perfect, including the costume, the Amazing Spider Man Two's uh, Spider Man costume. It's probably the best, uh, like, costume, live-action Spider-Man costume that we're ever going to get. Yeah. But I know people even, don't even like Even though, movies. like, yeah, there there's some – I feel like – I like the original uh, Andrew Garfield movie. The second one felt a little – I don't know. Like, the part where he, like, like, he was wearing, wearing a, a fireman's hat, I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So where do you stand on Tom Holland, then? I think Tom Hel- Holland is, like, the – right mix of like his Peter Parker is is pretty nerdy uh mm-hmm. and his uh his Spider-Man isn't as good as Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man or like he's not written as as well as uh as Andrew's Spider-Man but I I think he's still good like in the first uh in Homecoming he does have like a couple of quippy lines like when he's stopping those uh bank robbers right yeah so I I, I, I do think that ish- he is the best one I think my only issue with the Tom Holland Spider-Man, it's not a fault of the character. It's just how they try to make him work in the MCU is like, I feel like the other Spider-Man movies are like, oh, this kid's like, he gets these powers. He's trying to figure it out. This one's like, resourceful and oh, he goes to this super stuff. smart. Yeah, he's, what was that? Oh, yeah, and just like, you know, being resourceful and like building most of his own stuff where yeah, this one yeah, is and like, not. Yeah, like he just idolizes Tony Stark and that's his whole character. And I have tech twenty three. You know I mean? I think the like only... it's just kind of like, and he's in like a really well off school and like like because and that's the one thing I, I liked mean, about. Well, I mean, he was always um, he was always off in a well off school. 
Not not in the original. Well, okay, let me rephrase. In the, in the original, it, not the original. The um, the one thing I like about Tobey Maguire is he was just a kid from Queens. Like literally, like he was living on a random street. He was, like, like went to the public school. It's just like whatever. But then like. This Tom Holland, it just seems like it's like privileged Spider-Man. I don't know how better to describe it. Like, he's buddies like, okay, with the billionaire. So in in, in, he in, goes in to Civil War, school. he's like, he's like living in an apartment complex in like a tiny little room, and then yeah, but the he still is going to like a really good school that's for like gifted kids and stuff. That's the school for like, gifted kids. I mean, yeah, that's, all, that's but that's but that's Not always been in that sense, that's like that's smart. always been part of his character though. Even in the comics, that's that's always been true okay, to, fair, true to fair. his character. Then I, I'll just stick to my criticism of the idol of him being Tony Stark Jr. And I feel like that's one common criticism that I see about those movies is that it's like, oh, he's not Peter Parker enough. But I guess though the way that I bat away that criticism is being like, well, you already have two other series that did this exact same thing. People are already sure. complaining that these movies are exactly the same. You can't also complain when they decide to switch it up. That's fair. That's fair. And, and one other complaint about the the Marvel ones, because I'm just gonna say it: Can they stop wedging the word home into everything? I get the first one's called Homecoming because he came back to the MCU, and then the second one's like, all right, Far From Home because he's traveling. But now they're just Technically, like there is a Homecoming shove... dance in Homecoming. That's true. Uh, but now they're trying to shove home into like when they did um, when they revealed the title for the third one, which I'm now forgetting. Uh, far from. Home? No way home. Uh, no, that's the second one. No home. way, no way home. No way home. When they revealed the title, and then they had each actor reveal a fake title that were all as plausible as the real title. Like I just like okay, maybe you can stop using home. Maybe, possibly. But mm, I, besides I like that, the, I, I, like I do the, enjoy them. I like Don't the get me wrong. I enjoy. Them. I think I it's just that... like. Or go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I do wish the the first one was called Homecoming. So home was at the beginning. The second one was. Far from home, which was at the end. I wish they would have had home in the middle of the, the title. But, but then what happens where the force is like they put it in front of Spider Man? So if it goes like middle, back, uh, front, well, back, they, middle, they, the they, they were like doing home, four. four. They have to do it in quadrants. First <laughs> or home, second word, Homer Man, word, Home Spider. Yeah, or yeah, that. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just do home twice. Like they call Spider Man four. Oh. Home sweet home. Two home, like, two two home, two furious. Two home, two furious also works. Yeah. Home drift. Two home, Tokyo two, home. Yeah, Tokyo home. Home uh, nine. H nine. There we go. Yeah. Exactly. H nine. The Spider Man saga. Mm-hmm. We got it. We got it. Got it. Hopefully, someone from Marvel's listening. Yeah. So there's a your damn. We should make this a, a recurring segment where we just throw shade on somebody. Random shade. <laughs> random shade to people random that will never know, like, our existence. <laughs> we, we took down Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield. The only one that, that got away scot-free was Tom Holland. To to give um, Sam Raimi a little bit of a boost at the end here, I am looking forward to his take on Doctor Strange. Oh, I forget that he's doing that. Yeah, yeah. I'm very curious to see what Wait, he does with Tom it. Holland is going to be, be Doctor so Strange. Disappointed. No, no, no. Yes. Sam Raimi's going to direct. <laughs> it's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. Sam Sam Raimi's directing the new Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Oh. Yeah. Which in and of itself is kind of a homecoming for him to Marvel. So really it should have been Doctor Strange, Home of Madness, or Multiverse of Home, or something like that. But missed opportunity. People are going to be really, really mad at those two movies. 
Oh, of course they are. <laughs> people assume that Sam Raimi is somehow going to bring Tobey Maguire back because it is the multiverse. Oh, look at people assuming. Yeah. Well, they, well, the problem is they are for the next Spider-Man already doing a multiverse and casting legitimately confirmed different people from the different Spider-Man movies. But we don't know they're playing the same characters. That's the thing. Yeah, it could be a I Ghostbusters remake. Know, thing. No, no, no. One or two of them spilled. One or two of them spilled the beans that they're playing the same character. I forgot who. But well, someone basically said, oh, it was Alfred, uh, Alfred Molita was like, oh yeah, I'm playing Doc Ock again. It's great. No, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to play Doc Ock. We don't know if that's Spider-Man 2 is Doc Ock. Fair, fair. But at least they're doing the stunt casting to kind of make it seem like a multiverse thing then. Yeah. Yeah. And so far, Andrew Garfield has said on record he has not received the call, which is a very specific wording that could mean he got it through another means and he won't be lying. But of course he's not going to spill the beans at this point. If it's well, true. yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, that would be cool to see all three of them. Yeah. I yeah, mean, Tobey Maguire would be, Tobey would, be was, would be very, very old at that point. Well, I mean, he was already old when the first movie came. I think he was like 30 when Spider-Man 1 started really? filming. Yeah. Wow. And then huh. Andrew Garfield was 28. Yeah, Andrew Garfield just – I knew he was older. Um, yeah. Tom Holland's the only one that's like close to the actual age, and even he – was a bit older, but he was really close. He yeah. was twenty one, I think, or like yeah, twenty. So, which you know, yeah. for Hollywood, that's normal high schooler uh, character age. Oh like, yeah, Chris Evans played 20s. a played a high schooler in not another teen movie when he was like yeah, yeah, probably twenty eight. Yeah, or like look at American Pie; like all of them are older. I've never seen American Pie. You've never seen American Pie? No. I'd say you're. Yeah, it's not a very common movie that people see, Jason. What are you talking? It has like six sequels. Granted, four of them are straight to video. But um, how many people do you? I've seen a couple of those straight to video. (laughs) I've never seen those. I've seen the main. I saw the first one, and I think the second one, maybe the third. Anyway, uh, they're not necessarily great, but they were like the the watershed of their time, like the watershed teen movies. Like you know, it was like um, stuff like Breakfast Club and all of what's his name's movies. That guy, that director, John Hughes. And then there's like a moment with, I guess, American Pie that kicked off like the next wave of teen movies that were like a little raunchier. They swore more, and American Pie was kind of what led into everything that led to eventually not another teen movie, um, which was kind of riffing on American Pie and the whole subgenre of that sort of like raunchy teen movie. And then that sort of gave way, I feel like, to like the Will Ferrell, Seth Rogen comedies, which then sort of did their own take on it with Superbad. So it's like it's it's interesting how it kind of this path that these sorts Wait, of you say with teen Superman? movies go down. Super bad, super bad. Oh, I, I think so. yeah, Superman. Superman. You know, like, Superman what? Returns, the the hit Seth Rogen movie, directed yeah. by uh, crap. What was his name? Brian Singer. There we go. Yeah, yeah. With uh, with what with what's his name that played Superman and then never Brandon again. Roth. Brandon Roth was not yeah. right Superman. Yeah, he wasn't bad, and he I, I enjoyed his role on Chuck. Did you guys ever watch Chuck on NBC? No, only appeared I, in I, it, I, and that's a bit. I feel. No, that's true. You were in it. <laughs> I feel Chuck. People that 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 talked about Chuck were just as uh crap. What's the word that I'm thinking of? Terrible. You're about to throw some shit. They were. They were no. They were fans of Chuck. Were just as obnoxious as I was when I was a huge fan of Community. Yeah, Chuck fans are yeah. Community obnoxious. fans can be obnoxious. Well, the, the so thing like, is, both both shows were always on the bubble and were always on the verge of being canceled. So fans were always so 
unnecessarily well not necessarily in their minds but very passionate about their fandom because they wanted to make it clear that they love the show to get more people to watch the show so that the show would live on and in both cases community and chuck it they lived on like three years past that when everyone thought they'd be canceled because they kept and both of them did a subway campaign to save them which is kind oh, of they weird did? yeah so chuck was um I oh think you chuck know what i think that was one. referenced in community yeah yeah, no, well, Subway made a deal with with NBC and did product placement in community, but Chuck did it first. And basically, um, I guess Chuck – I don't remember exactly what happened with Chuck, but they had also a promo in the show, and they and that spun out of fans. I think Subway was a regular sponsor, so fans were like, oh, well, let's get Subway to want to keep sponsoring the show. Let's all go to Subway on one day and be like, we're Chuck fans. And then when their revenue goes up, they'll go to NBC and be like, listen, these, this fan base is passionate. We'll keep advertising to them if you keep making the show. Um, and then that became a product placement in the show, and then Community a few years later did the same thing. Yeah, which I think was a nod to the Chuck one. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, Chuck's fun. I mean, I, I yeah, some fans are very Con passionate thing? about it, but yes. So when Community took over a subway at Comic Con, that was the cost of the campaign. Yeah, uh, I see. Yeah. Yep. How did we get in this conversation? Um, someone was throwing shade. First oh, Fireman, then Chuck fans. Like, wow, that's right. And it, community it, it, fans. Only Jason. But granted, well, <laughs> not seeing, true. Seeing <laughs> as how I'm a community fan, I, I, I think I can speak for. Yeah, <laughs> I, can I got speak the double whammy. All of us. <laughs> I got to, <laughs> that, that. We were pretty un- insufferable. Yeah, I. But you gave me the double whammy because I was a Chuck fan and community fan day one for both. Actually, day like negative one for Chuck because they, they filmed the pilot at a CompUSA down the street from my house. And that's how I first heard about shows because I went just to go browse CompUSA and it was turned into um, uh, the Nerd Herd and Buy More from the show. Like they re- – basically they completely converted the store but it was still an open store. So we were like chatting with a producer like, what is this? And they were telling us about it and they were describing it. I'm like, oh, that actually sounds kind of cool. And that's how I found out about Chuck. And somewhere in my house I have a prop from the set. They gave us a flyer for the Nerd Herd. Um from the set but I don't know where it is and I didn't know I'd become such a big fan of the show and it drives me crazy that I can't find it but I do have an actual like piece of the set somewhere I still so. don't know what that show is about all uh, I know is that prim- he's like an office worker or like an office supply worker or something and kind of he, he works for the geek squad like yeah Yvonne's makes him into an agent yeah. or something yeah so basically it's a silly premise but the basic premise is um he gets something downloaded into his head called the Intersect, which has basically all the spy knowledge of the world and all the knowledge of everything. Like, it's like an FBI database, but it's in his head. And I don't remember how it gets there. They kind of, like, flash it into his head, but basically now he has to have these two spy handlers because he's a – one, he's an asset, and two, he can actually leverage that to help them because he has the knowledge and can connect the dots. So it's kind of like his day job is being in the Geek Squad equivalent, and then at night he like goes on these weird spy missions. And it sounds silly on paper, but it's it's a fun show. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Does it get paid well? At buy more at the Nerd Herd. No, uh, he gets, considering he's like an asset to no, but you he say gets the, to go the, on some cool missions, and he meets like bad guys played by like Mark Hamill and stuff. But, but he no, he doesn't. I don't think he gets paid. I don't think he gets that's paid. That's lame as hell. <laughs> but come on, you know as well as I do. That's exactly how it would play out in real life. The government would yeah. not pay if they didn't have to. Like, <laughs> we we didn't we didn't really talk about it when we talked uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But I yeah. there was that like 
subplot where like yeah he doesn't really get paid for any of his exploits mm-hmm. it's like yeah just which is something exposure. you never think about but yeah superheroes don't get paid they get paid in exposure yeah. and experience well that's what they tried to sell him on but he's like yeah but Pick my the art world. still needs to be fixed so how do i pay for that with exposure Your art is worth something don't no the art yeah, world once you like reach a certain level you get paid oh no no i know but superheroes but, but that's just that like level, an early draft like, you know like oh you'll get exposure yeah Right, right. Same with, like, influencers that will, like, ask a little bed and breakfast in Ireland to cover for, for like, three days of of uh, board yeah. or, uh, rooms. And, like, oh, we have 100,000 followers on Instagram. Would you, uh, we'll talk all this good stuff about your little bed and breakfast and, uh, you know, you just give it to us for free. But then, then those influencers overstep and they start asking the big companies like, hey, Coca-Cola, like if you just give us endless free soda, we'll give you exposure. And Coke's like, we're the biggest company in the world. What are you talking about? But yeah, influencers always overstep, I feel like. That, that reminds me of a story that I had heard that – um, who was it? Kim Kardashian uh-huh. wanted to shut down Disneyland for a day and it was just going to be like her and her family. And Disneyland was like, no, are you kidding? We're going to make way more money <laughs> on if we just yeah. have everybody come in. Like, there's no amount of pay, uh, amount of money that you can pay that will, like, they're, be Yeah, worth they're it. A, going on 70-year, 65-year institution. They don't need the exposure from Kim Kardashian and the Jenners. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think they were doing it for exposure. I think they were just, they just wanted it for themselves. But they were like, uh, Disneyland was like, I no, would, we're, we're, we'll make way more money. Uh, I would believe don't do that this. on some level because, like, there is, like, definitely, you know, when you're a celebrity there, you're on guard, I feel like. Like, you get escorted around by these people in plaid shirts and you have, like, VIP treatment. But, like, you're still walking among the masses and if you're a big enough celebrity and it's not COVID and there's no distancing, people are going to come up and swarm you. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, when I was there, I saw, like, a few different random celebrities who were all being escorted. And, like, it, it was funny because one of – Pete Wentz was one of them. So I'm actually next to a restaurant in the evening, but he was like so like the way he was walking around was so like he kept like darting his eyes like oh I want to be spotted because he didn't have an uh, escort right at that point like he didn't have his plaid shirt he was just like going to the bathroom or something and like he was walking past me to go in and like someone kind of double taked and he like almost like hit his head and then when he came out we locked eyes and he just like quickly like bolted out of there like he did not like just imagine being a celebrity in a giant crowded place like that it's what if you just awkward. Fun. Well, I've seen him at other events, and he, he didn't act like that because there's a smaller crowd. Like, I saw him at a gallery opening, and he was just hanging out. With Maybe it's because, like, park. you had seen him at other events, and he saw you, and he's like, man, I don't like the look of that kid. Oh, he's like, and oh, he God, remembers that guy you from again. All the time. Exactly. That guy he's again. Even though I never talked to him the first time. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, uh, talk to us about your way? Disneyland okay. trip. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I was at Disneyland last weekend. Um, it was the opening of the new Avengers Campus. On for a week yeah, ago, Friday. I heard you Friday, were like refused so to wear your mask at all. You were like pretty much fighting the staff. You're yeah, like, dude. You know, COVID is a hoax. So like, no, put this no, mask I on I wore the mask. Or I leave. No, but that that is interesting that you mentioned that because one of the things that Disneyland's doing is obviously with COVID, there's a bunch of restrictions in place. So I guess I talk about that first and then talk about the parks. Um, but they are very, very, very strict about those restrictions. So first of all, they have signs everywhere: mask on meaning both nose and mouth because, you know, some people slip it under their nose, which 
no offense to anyone who does that, but that's a very fundamental misunderstanding of how your circulatory system works. But anyway, um, yeah, so Disney would like – if you're walking around, you pull it down under your nose. They will stop you, and there's a person who is in line to go on the Incredicoaster, you know, the, the roller coaster at Pixar Pier, and the employee was like, mask up or you're off the ride. Like they're that's and then like if you get caught on camera, this is what I heard. I didn't see it firsthand, but if you're in a ride that has cameras inside it and you pull your mask down, they will escort you out of the park. Like they're dead serious because the liability is just through the roof. No end. way, that's insane. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So everyone was wearing masks when they were supposed to. There are designated areas you can sit where it, just, it says like designated, literally it says designated area, and you just sit there, you take off your mask and eat or whatever, and you know you can really quick pull it down to have a drink as you're walking around or something, but. Yeah, they were very strict about the COVID policies, which was nice because it made it more comfortable. The thing that kind of counterbalanced that comfort was one of the things they were strict about, understandably, is you can't have a lot of people in a closed indoor space, at least until you know some of the guidelines get lifted, which is actually Tuesday. Um, so you don't really appreciate this, but Disney and Universal are very good at hiding crowds. It's like when you walk around the park and you see all the rides, you know, you see a little bit of a line. Right. But most of the line is inside the ride. Okay. Like they do all that world building. You're standing there. You know, they tell you like, oh, this is you're going to Mars or whatever. Right. They can't. Dude, I haven't been to Disneyland in 20 years, so I have no idea really? what you're talking about. It's OK. Right, you well, don't go okay, to Mars so at any point. You don't go to Mars. That was a lie. Damn it. I lied to you. I apologize. <laughs> but uh, of all the examples, a good example of the Galaxy ride. I, I know. Uh, a good example of Guardians of the Galaxy ride where, um, you know, you're walking through this ta- multi-story tower getting to the part where they do the drops and stuff where you get in the chair. But they – when you're walking through it, it's all set like you're in the collector's collection from oh, yeah, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. And, you know, there's screens and he's talking to you, all that. They can't keep people in those spots anymore. So what you find out is they hold a ton of – of people in those little hidden away hallways because they had to spill them all out into the walkways. So you walk everywhere and there's no lines for the indoor part. You get whisked right through it to the ride, but there's just these snaking lines outside, just along the main pass, weaving over like past restaurants through like back doors. For Star Wars, we literally were sent into the parking lot for the cast members, like not even not even like the themed part of the park. It's just like a huh. big like bay door was open because they they just had to figure out how to do it. And it made me really appreciate how well designed their line systems are because once you see – the park was 35 percent capacity. I think it's opening up to more on Tuesday when California lifts on the 15th when they lift some of their restrictions. But even at 35 percent capacity, seeing just all this like crowd management kind of just out in the open and then like zigzagging people and crisscrossing lines and all that, like – you kind of get appreciation not just for the Imagineers that build the rides and all the experiences, but just how well and how clever and how like multi-layered some of these lines that they build are, and like how they hide people from general view and stuff. Like it's it's it's, it's interesting. It sounds like a silly thing to highlight, but it's just really like that was the, the thing that kept sticking out to me. Because even like we did Haunted Mansion, and we went in the exit. There's an exit for the staff. And they used that to have people walk in through. So they had people lined up far away. And they, they can't do the elevator because small space because you go in an elevator in there. So they had one group of people go up a staircase one way, one group go down a staircase another way, and they like converted this back hallway into part of the ride. So they like, repainted it, put up uh, portraits of various scary people, I guess. My, my girlfriend used to work at Disney, at Disneyland. So she was like, oh, this hallway is never something we can go through. And they just cleaned this all up like crazy. Like they really did 
put an effort to like come up with other ways to move people around. And it was just like, wow, there's you don't really think about that part of the park. You always think about just how cool like the Spider-Man animatronic is at Avengers Campus or whatever. You don't think about all the logistics that go into everything else. And it was kind of, you know, seeing it like broken, so to speak, made me appreciate it a bit. So more. that's that said, that's greater not, but we're hmm. worth the shade. I'm getting there. There wasn't much because that said, the one line they couldn't handle correctly was the Avengers Campus, which um, we were there opening day. So to be fair, that's the most chaotic day. But um, basically, again, thirty five percent capacity. Before you continue, um, yeah. compare relative. Well, I, I guess compare it to. I'm assuming the numbers are out by now, but. Was this hmm. a bigger launch than uh, Galaxy's Edge or whatever it's called? Um, I don't know, actually. I would say no. So they, again, I mean, it was different. So Galaxy's Edge, you had to have a reservation to go into it. It was its own sealed-off park. This one, what they did was kind of odd in that there's one new ride, Web Slingers, um, and it's a Spider-Man ride in the style of Toy Story Mania. And the only way – so you, you shoot little webs at screens basically. The only uh, way like, to get – like Yeah, I, I, to be honest, we didn't even get in. So I couldn't even tell you if it's better or not. But the only way to get that ride and why we didn't get in is they have a new virtual queue system. And this is to, again, the crowd control aspect. They want to minimize crowds around certain things. So everything in the park is now reservation heavy through an app. You want to go to a restaurant, you need a reservation. You want to order a corn dog from a food cart, you kind of need a reservation. You want um, to – and some of these reservations you can get way in advance. Some, you know, it's like three hours ahead. Some, it's an hour ahead. But if you want to do any of that stuff, you have to do that. And then Web Slingers, which is the new ride, they had a virtual queue that opened twice, 7 a.m. and noon. If you don't get it at 7 a.m. through the app, you try again at noon. If you don't get it at noon, you're not getting in the ride. And what they did that was kind of weird is they sealed off the Avengers Campus to only be guaranteed for people who got the Web Slinger ride. So there are people who – or actually, let me re- rephrase That's that. Weird. got the Web Slinger ride or got, a, or got a reservation at one of the restaurants. There's two. There's Pim's Test Kitchen and Pim's Tasting Lab or something. One's drinks, one's food. Um, so if you didn't have a reservation while those things and you wanted to check out uh, the new land, uh, campus, whatever, uh, you go stand in this huge standby line, which we were in. For five hours with no shade, essentially. Um, sunburn galore. But and what was even worse is noon rolls around and like they do the second virtual queue. And we're like, oh, this is our chance, we're gonna get in, we're gonna get in. We can skip the line finally. Nope, everyone around us got it, but we didn't. We it aired out on us. So we never actually rode the ride, but we did eventually get into the park. Um and this is where the crowd control really kind of fell apart because the the line was literally a mile and a half long, at least, maybe longer. It weaved through the entirety of California Adventure. Like you went down the Hollywood Street, you came over by like Pixar Pier, like you went past like the Pacific Wharf. It was all of it. It was just a line. And what kind of sucks is so once you get into the the Adventures campus, it's kind of fun to walk around. But again, because all those reservations are required, you couldn't actually do anything. So what we were able to do was do Guardians of the Galaxy uh, the the Tower of Terror or whatever they call it, Mission Outbreak, whatever it's called now, because no one – that's now pinned as an anchor ride to the new park. So they actually blocked access to it unless you go in through the main Avengers campus. So no one cared about that. So we got in that in like two minutes flat once we were in the section. But the only thing we could do because we couldn't eat, we couldn't do the Web Slinger ride. The store had its own line inside. Was uh, All we could do was watch the really crazy Spider-Man animatronic and kind of walk around and see some costume characters. And the Spider-Man animatronic, 
that thing's insane. So basically, for those who don't know, that thing is really, really cool. Yeah. So Disney built with their Imagineers a free flying, fully human like Spider Man. So what happens is there's a stage show kind of on top of part of the of the Avengers campus, like they built a little section on top of a building, and there's a guy dressed as Spider Man doing some backflips and simple stunts, and there's like this recorded track where he's like, "Oh man, look at all these people! Do you look like ants down there? Do I look a spider like a spider up here?" And like silly weird stuff like that. And then he's like, "All right, I'm gonna try something," and he like leaves. And then you wait a few seconds, and you hear like a running start sound effect, and then you just hear a catapult, and this animatronic Spider Man. No strings, no webs, no ropes, nothing. Flies 60 feet in the air and does a full front flip. And looks like a perfectly normal human. Like half the... Not half, but I heard multiple people go like, how is that safe for that person? Like people didn't realize it was animatronic. It looked that real. And then it lands behind the building and then the stunt guy comes back out and does one little last stunt or something. But that thing is really crazy. It's super cool. I don't know if it was worth standing in line five hours for, but seeing it, especially because you can actually see it over the tree line from other parts of California Adventure, but uh, it was really cool. And it, like you could tell all the money was poured into that because the rest of the Avengers campus, I mean, they themed it, but it's not like Star Wars where you step into another world. Like Avengers aesthetic is just like slightly curvy, but very metallic, slightly futuristic looking Technology, you know what I mean? Like it's it's that that look where it's like everything's like a little bit futuristic, but pretty much what you see in the real world. So they couldn't really theme it to the same extent. And I think they even had trouble figuring out what to like theme the food around, which is why like Pim from Ant Man got the majority of the food and drink because that's easy. You just make things really big and really small on the same plate, and then that's your theme for the food. Um, oh yeah, that's but a good yeah, point. Like, I didn't think of that. You, yeah, so, like, they don't really have – like, it's hard to theme Avengers, really. And, like, even, like, you know, one of the carts that we tried to get food at that we couldn't because we didn't have a reservation because it's everything stupid is um, they had a shawarma cart, which I was like, okay, that's clever because Avengers. Uh, but, yeah, we couldn't even get food there. We could only get drinks. If you needed food, you needed a reservation. It was booked uh, two hours into the day for the whole rest of the day. So that was kind of weird. Um, but Avengers aside – and, you know, there's room to grow there, I think, I should say. Like, the Web Slinger ride we didn't get try. I imagine it's relatively fun. Mission Breakout, the Guardians of the Galaxy one's always fun. Like, the, the, they actually improved it a little. Like, I used to think Tower of Terror was the better version of that ride because I thought the drops were bigger. But they have since made the drops bigger on Guardians. It used to be – so Tower of Terror had preset drops. So for those who don't know, basically you go up and down, up and down, up and down. They drop you fast enough that your legs kind of give out and it feels like you're, like, floating a little. Um, or not give out, but float. Um it used to be Tower Terror had preset oh. drops, so you do like a small one, a medium one, a big one, done. Uh, Guardians, it's randomized how it drops you. Like it goes up, down, up, down. There's multiple things that you can land on that all have the same like story so you don't miss anything. But they used to do really small drops and just do them way more frequently. Now they seem to do a mix of small drops and the old big drops. So that one was really fun. Um, but the nice thing is once we got out of Avengers Campus, which to be honest, I can't give them any more impressions because – we didn't get to do anything. Uh, there's room for growth there. I think there's a whole soundstage they're not using that they could probably turn into another ride, which they probably should because the impressions I've heard of Web Slingers are pretty middle of the road. Um, and then everything else is just like costumed characters and photo ops. And they have like a Doctor Strange magic show and like a couple like, you know, optical illusion things. And they and they did build the base, the Avengers base, and they have their ship parked on top of it. And they have this like armored Avengers car. And they have all the cast member, you know, the people dressed up as Iron Man and Black Panther and Iron, and Captain America and whatnot, like walking around the base on the upper parts. Um, but yeah, I think I think it just doesn't have the same 
it doesn't feel as different as Star Wars Land, which was really its own land. It really feels like like because it's my first time at Galaxy's Edge as well. So that felt like you were really stepping into your own like planet, like a whole different place. Like it felt nothing like the rest of the park. It felt nothing like anything you've been in. The, the, the attention to detail was like insane. Like I, I, it was it was really cool. And like you know, like the stores are all like in like a flea market setting and like all this other stuff but like Avengers just like oh yeah here's a store because like in the real world stores are storefronts they're not like a flea market in the way that Star Wars is so they just made a storefront so it it's good I did Avengers first and then Star Wars because we did Star Wars first and then Avengers I definitely would have been (laughs) kind of disappointed by Avengers just in terms of the theming and what they could do um but what was nice is because everyone was at Avengers the rest of California Adventure was totally empty and that was true of Disneyland the next day the low capacity meant we never waited more than 45 minutes for any one ride, which was great. Um, even like the Radiator Springs ride, which was like three and a half hours, it was like 45 minutes. It was it was great. Um, but I, sh- I do want to touch on Star Wars a bit, Galaxy's Edge. Have either of you been to Galaxy's Edge? Well, I guess you haven't, Kevin, because you haven't been in Disneyland in like 10, 20 years. No. Yep. You haven't either, Angel? No. Okay. It's so cool. It is so cool. I know I started to go into detail about like the theming, but like it is really that's not what I heard. But I haven't been to Harry Potter, but I imagine it's similar. What? Nothing. That's not really what I've heard. You heard otherwise? Yeah, especially about Ga- about Star Wars. Yeah, about Edge, that it's underwhelming and not that great, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. Oh, I'm a casual Star Wars fan, so it's perfect for me. Hmm. You know what? <laughs> maybe maybe I being a casual did... Star Wars fan actually helps. I don't know, but. But I'm also a casual Avengers fan. Like, I've seen every Star Wars. I've seen every Avengers. I'm at the same level for both. And I was disappointed in Avengers, but into Star Wars. Hmm. Well, did they do – the people you heard it from, did they do Rise of the Resistance, the ride? The newest one? Yeah, they did. And they thought it was underwhelming? Yeah. What? I thought it was – I mean, I went in half blind. Like, I knew the very basic premise of Rise of the Resistance. I was blown away. I think – I. Coming out of that, I thought it was the coolest ride I've ever been on. Not in terms of thrills, just as a experience. I thought it was the single coolest thing I've ever been on. Like, well, it was without spoiling too much. Thing it's three separate experiences. Uh, well, I meant at a theme park, but sure, we'll say in my life. Uh, it's three separate experiences strung together. So it's like a ride you're on a ship and walking around and there's like act like the, there's actual actors and stuff and then you're back on a ride and then that ride becomes another ride as you're on the ride like it goes from being like Indiana Jones-ish to being something totally different it's it's really cool i i really want to describe it i guess i could get spoilers before you continue yeah i've never been on the Indiana Jones ride is there a boulder that chases you yeah that's actually one I didn't do this trip. you out? No, no. It, well, it, it, well, yeah, it, I mean, it, of course it doesn't flatten you <laughs> out, but, like, does it, does it fall on top of you? No, it, it just stops. Uh, it's short. like inflatable, no, it, right? It stops short, and then you kind of, like, duck under it with your cart or whatever. I don't remember exactly you, how you do it, it stops short. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I but thought no, it was, the, like, um, inflatable, and it does go over you. No, 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 no. It's, like, no. Everything's on a track, so you're able to... To be fair... I was told I was told that it does go over you back when I was like seven years old. So don't get mad. Well, at that me explains the flat. That explains the flat question. <laughs> Do you get flattened? Um, should I spoil Rise of Resistance? Should I just tell you guys how it goes? I mean, I don't. Show? I mean, I don't care. I'm probably not going to Disneyland anytime soon. So by the time okay. I, I don't really care, but I feel like it's something that like why spoil it? Well, 
Like why? Like this... well, people can skip ahead if they don't. Well, I don't know. I well, I mean, well, well, so well, I mean, cool. are do I mean, what kind of ride is? Are you gonna get? I just say, right, so are we gonna get? Okay, that's is. what I'll do. All right, who? If you want to go in totally blind, don't listen to the next three minutes or so of the podcast. All right, I think I'm actually I'm gonna be... abstain. Okay, and um, I'll meet you back right. in three minutes. Just send me a message. Well, I'm not gonna tell you the plot. Yeah, but I don't oh, want to know okay. Kevin, I... the mechanisms of it either. Because I mean, I'm already don't have any expectations for Star Wars then, because you know, I'm. I guess I'm somewhere in the middle of the road, but I feel like I'm between somewhere middle of the road and not interested at all for Star Wars. So a quarter of the way there. But because of that, hmm. I want at least something to look forward to, even if it is kind of cool. So I'd rather I, just... All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll just not describe it beyond why I already said I could just wait three that. minutes. Just send a message. This is how Okay. I'm... Okay. All right. Let me uh, sign off and then Kevin, I'll tell you about it. Sure. All right. Well, I, I, okay, I just need to so. take my headphones off and look at the chat. Oh, okay. All right. yeah. Bye, Angel. Bye. Okay, so, ba- <laughs> so basically, how this also is a virtual queue, by the way. So you only get two chances at getting into it. Luckily, we got it. But basically, you start on like a, it's like a slower ride, you know, kind of like Star Tours, where it's you're in a, a thing that's moving, and then there's screens around it, and you're supposed Star to Star Tours got replaced, ship. right? No, it's still there in Tomorrowland. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Which it got updated, so it's a little smoother because it was real. It used to give me motion sickness, but which is rare for me. But um, yeah. So you're on this transport. There's an animatronic alien running the ship, who's really well detailed. And basically, the ship, you're you're um, something with resistance. Exactly like Star Tours. Well, here's where, but here's where it changes. The ship gets attacked by the Empire. The ship gets stormed by the Empire, and then you are squared off the ship, and you're suddenly on an Empire starship. And you walk out and you're in this huge room with four dozen stormtroopers all standing there. And then you get scored into a jail cell. You get broken out of the jail cell by the resistance with a lightsaber cutting the wall. And then you're put on like a track in like a maintenance bot with a droid. And you're weaved through all these different corridors and rooms of the ship. And admittedly, this is the part where maybe it is a little weak because they have like lasers shooting at you and stuff. But the lasers, they could have done like light pyro. But instead, it's just like little streaks of LED lights on the walls. I guess, but oh, um, yeah, you're sent around. Yeah, that's a little weak. But then you like go into. Wait, a room did you say a like, little in, pyro? They could like they could have done like sparks flying in the background or something. Like not oh, on okay. your parts, but like I was gonna say, removed. Yeah, just like, straight up, just in the air, <laughs> just, like <laughs> yeah, fire. Just, yeah, just had fireworks over you. You know, no, but they could have done like a little. I don't know, something with a little more oomph. But that, you're like sent to all these different rooms, and like you go into this room with these four story looking tall like ATATs, like you literally are weaving between their legs and their full full structure, and then you like go into this other space, and it's um Kylo Ren, and he's using the force, so he's like dragging your cart towards you and away from you, and it's like doing like kind of the cart's like moving, like you're being dragged. Oh wait, by this the is force. this is always like on track. This is all on tracks. Okay, I when you but said there's that, interweaving like, tracks, like, like uh, stormtroopers come in and they like. No, they walk do. They you. do. So no, no, that's the thing. Yeah, they walk you. So the first thing, the transport is one ride. Then they interrupt that ride and they walk you off the ride and gotcha. escort you through a ship to a jail cell where there's then like a 3D animation that plays, like stereoscopic, you know, glasses-free 3D up top yeah, yeah. on a bridge, and you're watching that. Then they break you out. They set you on a cart that sets off another ride. You go through this ride where you're weaving through stuff, and then ultimately you go into a room. You hear a latch. And you're like, huh, what's going to happen? And then the um, floor gives out, and suddenly your cart that was on a track is now dropped down a few feet into a screened thing that has you looking like you're flying through space, and you crash land back in Galaxy's Edge. Like, they have you fly into the park, essentially. 
as if it was okay, a that sounds that sounds pretty cool yeah it, it's literally like you made it sound way lamer before no well that's i I was trying not to spoil too much because i because the thing is i only knew that you were on the only thing i knew is you were broken out from a ship that's all i knew right and the commercials where they show like little hints of it but i didn't remember most of that so it was all really like unexpected and i kept just being like what and like next thing I was just like, oh my god! Like we kept being like, what is happening? Like because it kept escalating, and we had no idea how far it was gonna go. And then when they do the drop and they send you through space, and you and then suddenly it's like a super souped up star torch, and you're like the whole ship is like, you know, your cart is like really swerving and flying, and you go kind of vertical, and it's just like, whoa, this is like it, it's really cool. It's not the most thrilling ride, like it's not, you know, if you like roller coasters at Six Flags, you're not gonna love this, but right. as an experience, I just thought it was. It was so impressive. The single coolest thing I've done at a theme park. And that's coming from only a casual Star Wars fan. Yeah. Um, uh, not not going to lie, a little disappointed that I know this now. Yeah. But but that's on, that's on me. <laughs> yeah. it's uh, I, I was so torn on whether I should even mention it on the podcast at this detail. But yeah. some people will never go. So now they at least know what it's like. Um, we can get Angel back. Or. Or we cannot. Mm, or we cannot. Tempting. Hmm. Kevin, do you have a? We're throwing shade. What do you got, an angel? Why the? Why the conundrum? <laughs> what do I got, an angel? Yeah, we're throwing shade. He's what not kind, here. What kind of shade? What, what kind of shade do I have on angel? Yeah, what right do now? you have? That he's a psychopath for walking backwards. Oh, he's back. No, you talk. We didn't tell you to come back. Um, I heard Jason call my name, or just say my name at some point. Damn it. No, I was saying we can throw shade on you because you're gone. No, but I heard you say something like, like "Should we get him back?" Your weird I, habits. I, I heard should we get him back? Um. But then we decided to throw shade instead. Well, I mean, I, I yeah, could say so anyway, that was Disneyland. Yeah. Damn, you went on for a while. <laughs> um, kind of glad I missed yeah, out on dude, that. Yeah, it was like it's it. Uh, yeah, as as I told him, I'm kind of bummed yeah. that I kind of know what what goes on. Now. Yeah, I was as I told Kevin, and now everyone that's listening, I hope gets to hear it twice. I really hasn't even seen. Yeah, honestly, like, like, well, some people are never gonna get to experience it. So. Yeah, hearing the mechanisms of how a coaster works only ever makes me less inclined to go on it because you know, like. I wouldn't exactly call it a coaster, and I wouldn't exactly say well, it's mechanisms. Well, I mean, but I get your point. How the ride? I think Kevin, you get what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely get what you what mean. Yeah. Well, I, I, I even mean, like how the ride works but, in general. So, but yeah. In closing, Disneyland pretty cool when it's thirty five percent full. A little weird with COVID. And one thing I forgot to say is none of the costume characters could be anywhere near you, so they're on like elevated platforms, and you have to like take selfies with them from far away, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, that kind of sucks for the kids. But I yeah, think. it kind of does. I mean, the kind of cool thing is they're leaning into it, so it actually feels like better world building. So, like in Star Wars, they don't have. I mean, one thing they're missing that I think would have made the land better is um, normally there's stormtroopers and droids and stuff walking and rolling around and interacting with people. They can't do that, but instead they had like you know pe- like stormtroopers that would do patrols on top of the buildings and things, and they had like Chewie that was like working on a ship off to the side, and like so they had the characters like doing things, not just kind of standing there. Which for Star Wars worked. Even for like Disneyland, like on Main Street, they at the train station at the end of Main Street, they had all the characters just like at the end of the night, they're all just up there waving goodbye. Which is like, why don't they do that anyway? That seems like such an obvious thing to do. So there was some weirdness, but also some kind of nice additions to the fact that the characters had to be kind of put in places that were thematically relevant to them versus just walking around. So Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that was a long ramble about Disneyland. It was fun. I was very sunburned. And tired, man. That, what have you guys been if, up to? <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, like I said, I've been to Disneyland like twenty years, but I feel like during COVID, probably 
ironically would have been the best time for me to go. Oh, yeah. I think that yeah. 35% capacity. That's not going to happen now. No, not only that, but um, also it's only Californians. So we have a good vaccination rate out here. So it was relatively safe versus if it was, say, in some country. Yeah, at, the, at this rate, some, I don't think I'm ever going back to Disneyland. Hmm. I think I, the last time yeah, I mean, yeah, the last time. Angel used to have an annual pass. Do you think everybody get one again? If they ever offer an annual pass again, probably or go back. not. Go back, sure, but get an annual oh, that's pass right, again. Cancel them. Oh yeah, I don't even think that's an option anymore. But yeah, if they ever bring that back, then yeah, it's not probably I not. I, I I think um, it, when we had them was a good time to have a pass. I feel mm-hmm. at least like in my life, it was like when Sundays were almost always free, and it was like oh, it was just a nice thing to slot in. Now I don't know if I could really slot it in. I just comfortably, but. Yeah. Oh, one other one other anecdote from Disneyland. We won a plush Wally, like a three foot, not three foot. That's wrong. Like a foot tall plush Wally from one of the arcade games, one of the Midway games at the pier. So that was oh, exciting nice. as a Wally fan. Yeah. Yep. Wally is uh, objectively the best, pic- the best Pixar movie. Agreed. Agreed. My absolute favorite. Angel. No comment. You want to throw some is shade you... on that opinion? Yeah, this is where yeah, you throw shade. <laughs> what is your favorite, Angel? I don't know. It kind of changes from time to time. Sometimes it's a Toy Story. Was it ever some... Wally? No. Um, no. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I liked it, but I don't know. I I, I think um, it, it suffers the same problems as like Up, where only like the first half is really good, and the rest of it is just pretty middle of the road. In my opinion, actually, yeah. To be, to be fair, whenever I think of Wally, I think of the portions up until the humans are involved. I mean, the human part was fine, and the message was good. <laughs> exactly, but like, yeah. Like, like after that is just fine. It's like, like, oh man, like the direction of the movie, no, everything I, is all I, really I, great. And then, like, it's not that it gets bad; it's just not as interesting anymore. Like, it just feels like it kind of got sucked into an average movie at that point. Same thing with like up. Uh, like, I, I think like public uncover... opinion on Wally definitely changed over time. Because I, I remember people really, really loving it. And then uh, those criticisms of it where, it, like, the, the second half is, is definitely weaker than the uh, than the first half. That became a uh, prevailing, like, argument against Wally. Which Except I'm I still not, love I'm it. I'm not discontinuing, but I still love Wally. Yeah. Like, I still love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think it's a good way of putting it so weaker, we, weaker second half. Because, yeah, like, I would definitely wouldn't call it a bad second half. It's just weaker. Yeah. Especially with up, I feel yeah, like I think I I think that's a way more obvious than that one. But yeah. I, I mean, I do love think, John Ratzenberger's character, the the captain. Oh yeah, I do think that um, it was extremely bold of Pixar to basically make the first twenty minutes of that movie, maybe even the first thirty, essentially a silent film. Like that was crazy. Like they told everything through just Wally's little chirps and his actions, and Eve's little chirps and her actions, and like that was really cool yeah exactly and that's i think that's uh, why it was so strong is they were able to tell the story so easily with so little and then it kind of turned into a regular movie and i think that's why people are like oh it's weaker because they, they did this crazy thing and then they just sort of backed off it halfway through yeah a little bit for sure yeah um, but i still love the movie i agree objectively the best <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, objective, no subjectivity here. Objective. Nope, no subjectivity. It's uh, nope, objectively nope. the best. Your opinion nope. is wrong. The fact is, it is the best. <laughs> exactly. It is. It, it can't be our opinion because it's just it's just fact. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, if we're both saying it, we just confirm the fact to each other. We second yeah, exactly. source it. It's official. Me, yeah. me and Jason speak for objectivity in the Pixar movies and uh, Chuck fans. We speak for Chuck fans and community fans. Yes, we, we are the authority on all these things. Exactly. As bestowed upon us by us. Well, speaking of, like, <laughs> animated Disney movies, Angel. Yeah, I guess let's keep the... Don't talk about your thing. Keep the, the shade train going. Um, ooh. Raya. Oh, I did not get that. That was a little sexual. I don't know why. I don't know why that... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a, a Kevin likes sexual. his shade uh, trains. To each their own, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I guess my britches go in whenever we start throwing shade. Yeah, so Raya was okay. Like after the after the credits rolled on, my sister brother in law and I were all kinda like that was just okay, huh? Like it wasn't that great. Like I don't know, I think compared to I don't even know if it's like other Disney movies lately, because I don't really think I've seen a lot of Disney specifically. Disney movies lately. I feel like this movie came and went. Like, like I ha- I heard no discourse surrounding it. Yeah, I heard some even, discourse, even as a but that was released. also like, kind of had more discourse. I definitely heard some discourse around it, but I was also kind of looking for that discourse too. Discourse too, so that doesn't really count that much. But um, <laughs> I saw a billboard for it. If that counts, like one, I've seen like five dozen billboards for Cruella, but I've seen a billboard for Raya. Yeah, I mean, like story wise, so like tried. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, the I mean the theme is great, the story is great, but I guess like where it kinda missed the mark for us was just like the type of humor. Like it kinda felt like I was watching something by ooh, somewhere between like Illumination and Dreamworks in terms of the quality of the writing. Like everyone I don't know, especially the dragon, it's almost like they were trying really hard to give us another like genie personality. Like another like oh man this is gonna be like the the iconic comedy person of the decade, but I don't know it they were more annoying than anything. Like I feel like every single one of these jokes was like a joke that I've heard in like a I don't know something aimed at younger audience. Like this movie like yeah like Disney movies are like you know they're typically for all ages. They're I would say some of them while yeah like you could say that they're aimed at kids. The writing and the stories and the characters, I don't know, I feel can sometimes be equally enjoyed by all. I mean, just kind of look at the Toy Stories for that matter. I'm sure there are plenty of, like, kitty jokes there, but I don't really remember them. Like, when I'm trying to think back to them, I'm like, I can't really think of one. And I'm sure there has to be one, but if anything, when I think of Raya, like, half the movie felt like, yeah, like, it definitely knew what its, demog- its target demographic was. And... For lack of a better term, like there were like a lot of cringy moments, I guess, just humor that felt more cringy than funny, and some other things that just felt like it's weird. Because... Was it like slapsticky or? Um, a lot of people, it's mainly like the way people talk or the way some characters talk. It's like they're trying to sound hip. Gotcha. But um. Oh no! This thing's gonna age horribly if that's the case. Yeah, and Anytime they try and sound too hip, it sticks out five years later as no longer being hip. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. But, um, I mean, luckily, that's, like, my biggest problem with it. And, unfortunately, like, that does kind of, like, that did kind of hamper the overall enjoyment of it. Because we felt like it could have been better. 
But, I mean, there was also, like, these, um, there's, like, a baby that's also, like, a con artist that jumped around like a ninja, but it's just a baby, and it has, like, three little monkey friends that, you know, run on its escapades, and, yeah, like, oh, yeah, that, that's the funny concept. Like DreamWorks or Illumination I mean, it's a funny concept, but it feels like something is straight out of Boss Baby. Like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel, it feels like something Disney wouldn't do. I don't know. I, I, I maybe. So what? What is the premise? Maybe, maybe we're just. I don't ex- even know. Maybe, I know it involves a dragon. Maybe we're just expecting too much. I, honestly, I think our expectations were just way too high. Cause like, sometimes when we watch like a Pixar movie, and in some cases a Disney movie, like you know, I expect it to be great. Like I like, oh, I know I'm gonna enjoy this. I'm gonna love this movie, and most of the time I do. But half of those times, like it surpasses those expectations, and I'm like, oh my god, I did not expect it to be this good. Like I mean, that's kind of like how like I remember my sister and i like felt about coco like we kind of went in knowing a lot of people liked them we're like all right i'm pretty sure we're gonna like it but we ended up really loving it and i don't know maybe we were expecting like a tearjerker moment moment in this disney movie but also kind of wasn't ever there was never any nothing ever really felt like um i guess we'll say there was no impending real impending doom like, there was, there clearly was supposed to be, but, like, I don't think I ever felt like the characters were in, ever in any real danger. We weren't even given, I mean, skip, like, ten seconds for this spoiler, but it's it's kind of a weird spoiler. Um, Wait, but what's the premise? Oh, oh, oh. How you spoil something we don't know the premise? Well, it'll make sense, it'll make sense. Alright, starting now. No one dies in this movie, like, at all. And for this... Well, I would assume so, it's a... It's Disney. Yeah, no, do, yeah. Do, do in the animated movies, do people really? Yeah, like die. Oh, yeah, mainly who died in mainly, Frozen? Mainly parents. Who died in Frozen? Who died in uh, Tangled? Who died in Wreck It Ralph? Like, what are you talking about? Mm, you know what? Maybe it's more of a. Well, I mean, the villain for that matter. Actually, yeah, the villain. Well, at least, well, okay, at least the a, villain died. Is there I, even a villain in this? What is the premise of the at movie? Least, at, <laughs> like, I. At least we get, like, a villain death, but usually we get, like, a parent death. I mean, in Frozen, yeah, both Anna and Elsa's parents die. Yeah, I guess a parent died in Frozen, but... And so did in Tangled, the... Well, I guess Mother Gothel got murdered, but... Yeah, this one, like... Yeah, like, no one died there. It felt like, at the end of it, we were like, like, I think we're owed a death, Disney. What the heck? Like, they tease so much just for, like, everything to get too nicely wrapped in a bow at the end. Kind of like Soul, like where I well, felt like there's a death. I felt like it kind of. I felt like it would have undercut some of the the progress that a character made. Kind of like in Soul, like that so, one. I felt like so. Angel, does does a death make sense in the plot? Like what? I know I keep asking this, but you're still not answering it. What is the prem? What is the Last Dragon? What is this movie about? Like what? Uh, the movie's just about like you're talking about all the pitfalls, but it's like, do are the pitfalls that big? It depending on the premise, because like Wreck-It Ralph, no one dies. But it makes sense in that context. Yeah, King Candy dies. Turbo. Yeah, I was about to say, doesn't the King die? Yeah, Turbo dies. Oh, I guess he does. Okay. So it's so in 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 Ray are they trying to find this dragon? Like what what what's going on? Well you keep talking, but you don't give me a chance to start. Um <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the movie's just about prejudice and racism. Like there at once upon a time there was a giant I mean, every all the people lived united as Kumadra, but at some point, these like 
evil things. They're just like purple clouds that just start turning everyone into stone. But then the dragons came together, well, five dragons came together, and one of them was able to defeat these purple cloud monsters and subsequently turned everything into stone. And But there was like a dragon orb that remained, which was like the last bit of dragon magic because all the dragons were pretty much stoned at this point. And um, the people essentially, like after, you know, instead of like coming together because the dragon saved them, they actually split apart because they they just couldn't agree with each other after that. And there was now like you had the spine clan, you had the talons, the fangs, the heart, and the tail. And yeah, the movie just kind of kicks off with the pearl breaking and every, you know, each of those lands taking a piece of that pearl or that dragon orb. And the whole time it's just about trusting others. It's like, oh, no, I'm not going to trust a talon because talons are liars. Or like, oh, I'm not going to trust a spine because spines are liars. Everyone's a liar. And, you know, just. So is it in real life as well? Just the titular Raya, just, you know, trying to trust people in general because. It was trust that got her in that problem in the first place. So is there like a bad guy? People. You be People. Liars. Yeah, no, I know. That's Those what I'm saying. That's guy. what I'm angling at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if there's no bad guy, and it's just about racism, I'm not sure who would die. Yeah, the dad was definitely set up to die, like, from the Racist? very beginning. <laughs> I get, but they're also racist and learn to overcome their racism, it sounds like. So I guess racism dies. No, yeah, there's a... Yeah, the the way, like, I guess, like, the movie begins, because, you know, it's about, like, Raya and her dad, and her, how her dad just keeps telling her, like, you gotta learn to trust people. And then, you know, she ends up trusting someone that ends up, like, backstabbing her. And then the dad gets shot, and you're like, oh, man, like, he's gonna die. Like, this is, like, gonna be, like, that moment where, like, she takes that thing to her grave and has to, you know, learn to trust people in spite of the fact that her dad died because of trusting people. But maybe being too trusting. But, like, no, he, he's fine. It's just, he just got turned to a statue, and that kind of saved his his injury somehow. But You got Ash Ketchumed. Yeah, he got Ash Ketchumed. <laughs> I mean, theoretically. And then they also do, like, a fake-out later where it's like. By itself, couldn't it? And then there was also, like, a fake-out later where it seems like someone's going to die. But it's like, oh, well, they're clearly not going to kill this person. So it almost, like loses any of its impact because it felt like that person mm. had way too much plot armor so like the one person you thought was going to die didn't and the one person you well the one person that they tried to put like pull that on you you knew wasn't so I just felt like they missed on their like I don't know I guess big emotional moments like that could have been more mm. Mm. it's like I don't know. It, Maybe they're trying to I mean, not it, it, always kill someone. Well, I think that's what it was. It felt like they were playing. I know it. I keep hanging on this, but it just seems such a weirdly specific criticism. It's like no one died in my cartoon. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think other ways. I, I, I just like think they felt like there there was no stakes. Yeah, there were no emotional stakes. Yeah, okay, like yeah. it just felt like they were trying. It felt like they were setting up for them. I mean, like because you know, like Disney animation is great. Like their acting is impeccable. Like the themes mm-hmm. are great, but yeah, there was just no emotional payoff. Like, I mean, maybe no one had mm. to die, but, like, I never felt any kind of, like, it's like, oh, like, the bond, the something. I don't know. Like, nothing ever really felt cohesive. It felt like they were more focused on trying to make it 
like funny for the kids because a lot mm. of those jokes just didn't really like by the way the, the ultimate shade of this episode is definitely you being like it was a Disney movie but had the writing of Illumination or DreamWorks like that's the ultimate throwing shade right there <laughs> poor Illumination and DreamWorks <laughs> Well, no, I mean, like, Illumination and DreamWorks know what they're trying to do. Like, they don't try to hide the oh, I know, their I know, demographic. I know. It's, just, it's just funny. Disney, really it almost feels like they're trying to be them. I mean, I don't know. Maybe their movies haven't been making as much money lately, and they're looking at theirs, and they're like, you know what? They don't have to try as hard, and they're making still a ton of if money. If anything, it's the opposite. DreamWorks is struggling, and Disney's killing it. Mm, that's true. Well, I mean, yeah, with merchandise and everything, of course. Illumination's the odd man out here. Illumination... Minions is an unstoppable force for reasons unclear. To me, they're still knockoffs of the Rabbids. So. The French, man. Yeah. Those pesky French. <laughs> those pesky French. Sorry for all our, our, our uh, French <laughs> listeners. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we love we love the French. We love the French. The fries are pretty good. Uh, <laughs> That's almost worse than what I said. Yeah, you guys make good French. <laughs> you guys make good fries and onion soup. Yeah, well, onion soup is French. I don't think French I've onion, soup onion soup is soup. I don't French onion soup has French in the name. I'm gonna throw some shade on the onions. Onions are garbage tier. Uh, I guess condiments, uh, not condiments. They're they're garbage. What would you call uh, vegetables? What would you call an onion? <laughs> an onion or a burger? What would you call that? Oh, it's a it's a. Um, yeah, I guess it would be a condiment or Do- a burger duh. accessory. Topping. Oh, a top topping. topping. There we go. I like burger accessory better. Garbage topping. I'm no. Just say, I'm just going to say that. Nope. Uh, onions nope. Tomatoes, are to though, cook with. get rid of tomatoes, but onions, keep them. Uh, tomatoes can come and go, but onions, no. Onions are great to cook with, but just a garbage topping on themselves, just by themselves. Well, well, hold on. We're talking about raw onion, like. Raw onion and grilled. Caramelized. Get away, get away, with, get away from me with that uh, animal style crap. Like, oh, they come with grilled onions. And they're still garbage. Instead of instead of a raw onion, you're giving me a burned onion. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I will say we are pretty unified today, Kevin, in our trucking community uh, opinions, which are facts, our objective view of Wally. This might be the fork in the road because I do like onions on burgers. No. Angel? No. Onions? Heck no. Thank, thank you. So friendship ended with you. Hateship started with Angel. I don't know. How's this work? <laughs> The only uh, good onion alive. is an artificially flavored onion. I don't even Funyuns. know that. What's an... Oh, Funyuns. I was like, what's that even mean? Funyuns yeah, are pretty That's good. the only oh, good onion. That's how I feel about strawberries as well. Onion rings are What? Right. That's how I feel about strawberries. Actually, that's how I feel about like raspberries. I'm okay with raspberry flavor stuff, but I don't really like raspberries themselves. I used to not really like many berries, but I've started to open up to the world of berries, and it's pretty good. Crunch berries are the best berries forever and always. Yeah. Yeah, so long story short, oh, Raya... Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Um, it's not a bad movie, but um, I, I guess don't expect to be blown away. I think that's a good message, but I don't know. This one for the kids. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Um, so, this past week oh. I was... Was it this past week? Last week. Last week I was in Texas. I went to go visit some family. And for for whatever reason, maybe it was just because I saw so many trucks. Oh, we drove over there, which was a hellish experience. That's a drive. That's a drive. 
it's a yeah it's a drive um and maybe it was because i was like watching so many vehicles pass by but for some reason for whatever reason the transformers movies were on my mind and i was like when i get home i'm gonna watch them all all uh where are we talking michael bay or 80s yes we're talking michael bay oh man the first Transformers movie, I feel like is a fine movie. I I wouldn't say it's great, but I I really enjoy that first movie. Me too. I don't know how you guys feel about that first movie. I I actually That's love like, that first movie. Unironically, yeah. I don't know. Is the right movie at the right age for me? Like Shia was around my age in it, and it had Lincoln Park in it. He still is, I right? Really liked it. <laughs> what? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, technically, it, it, he's still, he's my still age around your we age, age at the same rate. Oh. Yeah, we aged at the same range. Yeah, only in like 2007, he was around my age. He, ooh, he, he's like, yeah, and then I kept growing and he just got stunted. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're still so, the same age. So that, that first movie, yeah, yeah, I, I really like that movie. I, I, I probably do love it. I haven't seen it. Oh, well, we'll get into why I haven't seen it. But I, so I decided to, to rewatch him, but I was like, no, you know what? The first movie I don't have to see because I know for a fact I like that movie. The second movie, I remember not liking, so I'm not going to watch that. The third movie is fine. Like, it's not a, it's definitely not a good movie. But man, the visuals (laughs) in that third movie still hold up to this day. So, what I decided to do was instead watch the fourth movie and the fifth movie. Oh. I I didn't get to the fifth movie. I didn't get to, uh, what's the last last night? night? I got to Age of Extinction. So I only watch I only watched Age of Extinction. What a piece of crap this movie is! <laughs> Holy, I just <sighs> have either of you watched Age of That's Extinction? That's the last one I saw. Yeah, I think I we saw it in the theaters. Night. I know I saw it in theaters. We might have. Can you name all the subtitles, guys? Because they're so I generic. I can too. Not Age of Extinction it. and uh, yeah, that's hard, Jason. Revenge of the Fallen was the second one, and Dark of the Moon. Dark of the Moon was the third one. Dark yeah. of the Moon, yeah. It's you only not as generic as they are. I do, I do like Dark of the Moon. Dark yeah. of the Moon, I feel, is like a good title. It's a good uh, subtitle. It's also the last one to include a Linkin Park song. They had a good three movie run, and then they got replaced with Imagine Dragons. Oh my god! Yeah, you, you might as well yeah. replace them with Nickelback. So right. Well, actually, I don't mind Imagine Dragons, to be honest, but um, they're no Linkin Park, uh, which no, I realize of course, to I, someone out there, of course that's a you joke. But... Of course you wouldn't mind Imagine Dragons. Of course you wouldn't. Yeah, of course I wouldn't. You know my taste. But, I mean, uh, I just praised Linkin Park for like a couple minutes. You know my taste. I I had known that those movies were bad, the, the last two, or I had read that they were bad. I did. I was not ready for how terrible they are. Well... <laughs> Only talking about Age of Extinction. Maybe on the next, if I can force myself to watch the last night, I will talk about it in the next episode. But Age of <laughs> Extinction is on a whole different level of bad. Like it makes Revenge of the Fallen look like a masterpiece. So, Mark Wahlberg plays a mechanical engineer. And he's making robots to try and sell so that his daughter can go to college. And then you have him finding meet, a transformer. What? He's just trying to make ends meet. Don't judge him for building. Yeah, he's just robots. trying to make ends meet, and then he's like <laughs> threatening realtors that have a good reason to foreclose on his house. In the middle of oh yeah, he's te- oh his name Kid Yeager. I totally forgot about that. His name is Kid Yeager. 
What are the chances yeah. that Mark Wahlberg went up to Michael Bay and he's like, I want my character to be named Katie Ayer? 100%. And they said, told him to say hi to his mother for him. Or whatever that SNL bit was. Do you, have you seen that SNL bit when Andy Samberg just is Mark Wahlberg talking to random farm animals and he always ends it with, say hi to your mother for me? Or am I way no. too deep in the weeds with this reference? You're way too deep in the weeds. It's, it's actually a pretty funny bit. That's literally the whole bit. He just walks to animal, animal in a, in a really bad Mark Wahlberg impression with a thick Boston accent. It's just like, how you doing, goat? And then just keeps going like, say hi to your mother for me. And it just goes to the next animal. It's like a three minute long skit. Mark, it's dumb, Mark but it Wahlberg, works. Mark Wahlberg is a very hit or miss actor. In this mm-hmm. one, he's a huge miss. But in uh, what they're parroting there, The Departed, he's awesome. He's awesome in that movie. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's – if if they would have just grabbed – oh, crap. What was his name in The Departed? Uh, I don't remember. But if they just grabbed that character and put him in, in this Transformers movie, it would be in, like infinitely 100 times better. <laughs> Optimus Prime is just killing humans in this movie? And not only that, he actively says, I am going to kill him. <laughs> and he likes it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently he likes it. There's that scene where all the Transformers come together. Or like, I guess the... Oh, I don't even really want to talk about the plot of this movie because it's so nonsensical. Uh, humans, after after the Transformers saved the Earth in the last movie, they just decided to... Uh, I guess mankind or, or the US government just decided to hunt all of the Transformers and kill them, which they just save the, they've saved the planet twice. I, I guess three times if they count New York. But New York kind of got retconned. No. Where did they fight in uh, Chicago. the first movie? Was Chicago? Oh, Chicago? Oh, no, Chicago's the third movie. Sorry, the first one is... I don't know. Was it LA? I don't remember. It, w- don't it wasn't it was LA. LA. Was it? I feel like it was just generic city. Did they ever say? I don't what? remember. Yeah, me neither. Because it was but like, like it's just so got like swept under the from rug of that movie, yeah. But like that fight got swept under the rug to the point where I guess people just didn't know that that battle happened. Because in the second, I guess this entire franchise is a mess, really. But Age of Extinction, I, I gotta come clean. I did not finish this movie. I didn't <laughs> even get to the Dinobots. That's how bad this movie is. There's, That's uh, the only thing I was interested in in the movie were Dinobots, and they were like so like ho hum. And that's apparently like towards the end of the movie. I could not. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I got to the point where where Stanley Tucci got introduced, <laughs> and uh, I like me some Stanley Tucci. I I'm not afraid to say that The Devil Wears Prada is one of my favorite movies, and he's uh in that movie. He's a great character in that movie. Have you guys seen Devil Wears Prada, Jason? I think I you would probably. That's a good movie, right? Yeah, yeah, I it, enjoyed yeah, it. it. Stanley is. Tucci's great in that movie. Stanley yeah. Tucci absolutely sucks in this movie. Every I feel like everybody <laughs> sucks in this movie, just just straight up. Uh, Mark Wahlberg in. sucks. Mark Wahlberg sucks. Stanley Tucci sucks. Uh, Kelsey Grammer's in this movie for whatever reason, but Kelsey Grammer is just playing mean Kelsey Grammer, so maybe he doesn't suck. I don't know. I, I don't really see anything that has Kelsey Grammer. I never saw Frasier. Wait, that's his show, right? Yep. That's his show, which I've also never seen. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, he was Beast in the X-Men movies. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's weird to think um, about. Yeah, this movie this movie is terrible. As, as soon as I saw Optimus Prime just killing humans, I was like, okay, well, the movies had already gone off the rails 
in the previous ones. Now, just having, you know, this, this hero to so many kids just straight up saying, <laughs> I will kill this one human who is hunting us. It's pretty insane. Have you seen Bumblebee? Yeah, uh, that was the that was the first episode of. Uh, oh, it was. Yeah, because I was gonna say that's the palate cleanser you need after this. Yeah, but then it's like, where does Bumblebee really fit into this canon? I don't know if it is canon anymore. Bum- Bumblebee was supposed to be a soft reset of the franchise, and I don't know if they're still going forward with it. Well, apparently there is a seventh movie coming out. That's thank God not directed by Michael Bay. Well, you know oh, what? Good. Michael Bay might actually be the only good part of this because. At least he knows how to shoot a movie with this type of, yeah, with this type of scale. Like I said, that third movie, like, say what you will about the story, about the plot, about the characters, it is definitely a spectacle. I uh, I think it's just the writing that's terrible. Well, I guess he's also, like, looking at the script and going, okay, yeah, we're going to go with this. Um I, the, the the thing that perplexed me about Michael Bay is like in the midst of all these Transformer movies where they're progressively getting worse, he released this random movie called Pain and Gain that had Tony Shalhoub also with, Monk uh, with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, but it was and I think The Rock, right? But Tony Shalhoub, the mm-hmm. guy that plays Monk, was the bad and guy. In it. And yeah, and like it was actually like granted it was much smaller scale as some uh, like muscle beach type of bros like in in Miami and they're like going against this bad guy played by monk but like it was actually pretty good for what it was like to see him like steadily I mean, relative, slide to transformers to, and yeah 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 relatively he's done, it was yeah. it wasn't amazing but like watching the downward slope of transformers and then seeing put out painting game that was kind of like nowhere near that slope i was just like that's weird like is he does he feel like he i guess he has to keep elevating the stakes with transformers but that one could be small scale like he does better with spectacle on a slightly smaller scale like when you go international spectacle it gets a little weird when you do a city or a suburb or a miami gym i feel like he pulls it off better right like there there is a limit to hit like even like bad boys like that was all set in one place which was him too right like it wasn't all over the world like i feel like the bigger it gets and the more he tries to one up himself the worse he gets at it which is why three is notably better than like five Wait, what? Oh, man, do I even want to see five, Angel? How bad? How bad is last night? <laughs> I haven't even seen it. You're the Transformers fan here. You haven't seen it. Mm-mm. Didn't really have. Okay, just in watching. We're, we're, wa- we're watching. I think it. we're all watching it. We're together. watching. We it. have to. We have to. We gotta talk. We gotta talk about the last night. Yeah, and I guess that's the only one and the Please, whole thing Angel. I haven't seen, which I guess would mean the same for Jason. We're watching it. Correct. We're watching it. Well, I mean, it, I am capable of seeing Transformers without you, but you're right. I haven't. <laughs> um, okay. Yes, yeah. no, I haven't. We're watching okay. it. Okay. Screw it. Next episode, we'll have our impressions of the last night. Jesus Christ. What a yeah. load yeah. of crap this series ended up turning into. That first movie had so much promise, man. I really liked the first movie. Shia LaBeouf was on a roll because he also had that uh, – what was that movie called? We were spying on his neighbor. Was it Suburbia? You know what I'm talking Suburbia? about? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I actually like that one too. And then like – so that one was basically like his neighbor. There's something nefarious going on. But initially it was him like spying on the daughter next door, which is a little creepy and weird and probably doesn't fly in 2021, nor should it. But the movie itself was actually like pretty pretty good and it and Transformers like two months apart or something or maybe a year apart. And then he did Eagle Eye, which was 
a thing. And then it started to, then he started to kind of go his shy ways. But like, there was a chunk of time there where he was like knocking it out of the park with a couple movies. He had two critically acclaimed movies in the last. Oh yeah, yeah. Two he's, he's, years though. Uh, Honey yeah, Boy Pia, and Peanut Butter. That Falcon. other one. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see both of those. Honey Boy I'm really interested in because it's basically a semi-autobiographical about movie about him and his dad's relationship as he went into Hollywood. So it's literally like the other side. He plays his dad or the equivalent. So it's like the other side of the coin of everything we saw when he was in those movies. And I've, I've heard it's very good. Yeah. But I meant like there's that gap there. Where he did, oh yeah, you know, yeah, 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 and that—that's where he kind of went off his shy ways and put a bag on his head in Santa Gallery for a week or whatever it was that he did. Oh, he did that David Ayer movie, which I guess is a death sentence. Oh, nowadays. right, and he got a real tattoo for that. A real that tattoo? Huge he has chest a, tattoo. Yeah, that tattoo on the poster is a hundred percent real. Which is, yeah. I mean, he says he's dedicated to his roles. <laughs> I, think I, I am not that him that makeup to get a exists. huge chest yeah. tattoo. Yeah, it was something. Whether it is cool? Yeah. No. The movie or the tattoo? <laughs> the tattoo. I eh. can't speak to the movie. This is David. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, but the tattoo. But the tattoo. Uh, yeah, it just looks like a gang tattoo, but it's like his whole chest. Because he's got two good movies. Air, David Air. David Air, yeah, and the yeah. watch, which. Uh, yeah, end of watch is really like surprisingly movie. good. Yeah. And uh, Fury. It was, a, I it was all right. It was I all right. I haven't seen that one. But, uh, and, then, and then came Suicide Squad. And then came Suicide Squad, which is still the worst movie that I have paid to see in a theater. <laughs> it would have been Batman or Superman, but I saw that movie for free. So, don't have to worry there. Did you ever see Fantastic Four in a theater? The new one? The Trank, Trunk, whatever that director's name was? No, I, I uh, saw that. That would probably, that would, I think, take the crown from Suicide Squad, to be honest. I got dragged to that by one of our friends. And uh, I, I was like, you know this is bad, know. right? He's like, yeah, it'll be fine. And then we walk out. I'm like, that was pretty bad. He's like, it was fine. I'm like, you're t-. But then again, this guy also really likes the movie Good Luck Truck starring um, Dane Cook. Cook. Yep. Which is considered not a great movie, and but he loves it. So who knows? Is there is there a movie that is not considered a good movie that you that you actually like? Hmm. Probably. Like literally on I'm his honestly ones. pretty easy – no, well, no. Well, yeah, okay. I really like The Dark Knight, which Angel says is the worst. I really like Super Bad, which Angel says is the worst. But he says it's the worst because I like it, not because it's actually bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm usually, for the most part, I just absorb movies like a sponge. Like, even ones that are supposedly, like, bad, I'll just watch and be like, eh, it was a couple hours spent. It wasn't horrible. Like, Fantastic Four, even though I, like, walked out like that was not great. I wasn't, I didn't, like, regret it. I was just like, oh, well, live and learn. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm weird. I don't ever actively, like, hate a movie. I just kind of let it wash over me. Are any movies... Have and you found any boring? Stick with me. And the ones that aren't, just pass. I mean, have you found um, any to be boring? Probably. That's probably the probably... movie's worse than... I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some that, like, expectations weren't met. Like, I thought that uh, Vice um, by Adam McKay, you know, the, the Dick Cheney movie, like, coming out of seeing... Uh, What's the other one he did? The Wall Street one? The Big Short. Blank. Big Short. Coming out of Big Short, I'm like, wow, this is really good. And then they said they are going to do Vice about Dick Cheney. It's like, okay, it's going to be really interesting. Saw Vice, came out, I was like, eh, it wasn't as good as Big Short. And that's like as far as my train of thought went. I never was like, oh, this is awful or this is horrible. Like, I'm not, generally speaking, my opinions, I feel like, aren't as strong as, like, yours are, Kevin, for example. Like, you are very much, you know, you know what you like, you know what you dislike, and you stick to your guns. I kind of just let things sort of 
like I said, kind of walk. I kind of wish I had and that the mentality. Because I, like, I, because I feel I'd be way less cynical if I did. Oh, but your cynicism's so fun to listen to. <laughs> I, I mean, it's but, fun to listen to. It's not fun to live through. Fair, fair. Because yeah, like with me, it's like if something is <laughs> good, dick. it will stick with me. <laughs> just use it. Just use me for content. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> no, no. Never, never, Kevin. But no, if uh, if something's good, it'll stick with me. But if it's not good, it just kind of in one ear out the other. But it never like haunts me or like bothers me or like it's not like if you say what's the worst game you played. I mean, I could say Superman sixty four, but that's just because that's the default that so many people say. And yes, I have played it. But like, really, if you're like, what's the worst Nintendo game out there? I'd have to really give it some thought because there's a lot of games that are subpar. There's a lot of games Yoshi's that you know, like, there's world. things they could do better, but there's still. No, see, Yoshi's Crafter, I think they, the aesthetic and everything really could make up for some of its pitfalls. I think even something like Chibi Robo Zipline, where like, oh, it's Chibi Robo's side scroller, who wants that? It was Nintendo's first stab at like a Bionic Commando type of gameplay, and it kind of worked. It just wasn't what we wanted. So there's like, I don't like disparaging Bionic Commando I'm type weird. of gameplay. Are you sure about that? Yeah, like, you know, the. Isn't it? Because you use the, the. You can use his uh his plug like a like a grapple. No, like it, it, commando with his I arm. mean, just to go from platform to platform, but the this is more like a whip, if anything. You don't really, you don't really swing in around. It's just like bionic. Instead, it's like instead of jumping. Oh, you mean chibi? Yeah, and chibi, and chibi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's well, definitely yeah, not like bionic but... commando. Bionic commando is fun. Oof, but yeah, see, Oof. like I, I don't Throwing shade on the uh, ziplash. Man, we're just shade left and right. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm very. It's very hard for me to actively dislike something which is i don't know maybe i'm just too nice yeah see like i said i i would rather go in with that mentality as you said like nothing haunts you i'm going to be forever haunted by age of extinction it's like the fact that i have that implanted in my memory now is going to be very hard to forget and like honestly like even stuff like batman versus superman like because i know you referenced that like the whole like they shared their mom's name. I was like, this is dumb. But then I was like, but like some of the action was cool. And like some of it was shot well. And I kind of like this costume. Like the, I kind of like this and I kind of like that. So like I always balance it in my head. I don't know why. It's like I almost don't want to like hurt the feelings of someone I'll never talk to. It's weird. Like I'm not saying you do, Kevin. But I'm just saying like in my mind because I'm so like such a, I guess, people pleaser. And I don't like saying no. That like even when I don't like something, I, like, just, I find things I like within it to kind of make it feel like I didn't like waste my time or something. I don't know. It's it's strange. Yeah, well. Age of Extinction yeah. sucks. I don't think <laughs> I don't think anybody who who worked on those movies will care considering that movie I think right. is the highest grossing Transformers movie. Yeah, because of China. Because right, they, yeah. they market it heavy at China and that's why so much of it takes place in China and why there's Chinese product placement. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even get to China in that movie. That's how bad that movie that's is. That's like two thirds of the movie too. No, it's the last third. Um, Jesus Andrew, Christ. is there anything oh my you God, so many just... inappropriate jokes at the dispense of his daughter. TJ Miller, oh, like, yeah. calls her hot. She's supposed to be, like, 17, and TJ Miller is TJ Miller. That's, like, a whole plot point for them, right? It's, like, the whole, like, uh, Romeo and yeah. Juliet oh, law the that they keep bringing up over and over yeah. again. That dude keeps a card of the Romeo and Juliet laws in his wallet, why Michael Bay you could have just said no let, let's draw a line to to the writers but no he decided to keep it in no because Michael Bay likes that stuff that's like a running thing in his movies it's sort of like weird like like he does sort of borderline racist stuff and he does sort of borderline like awkward sexual stuff 
And then he does. And that's just just like, straight do you remember up racism the in some some of his movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like that's just his. Like he's he's a he's a bro that's really good at explosions. That's basically it. Honestly, I wonder if you got a competent writer to like to uh to work with him. How that movie would turn out. You know what? His uh Netflix movie I think was written by the uh by the Zombieland guys. Oh, but really? I know it wasn't received well, but I'm not. Hold on, let me check. I'm pretty sure it was done by the, by those guys. Uh, but they also did Deadpool and. Uh, I keep forgetting they did Deadpool. Yeah, which makes sense. They they have a similar. I mean, obviously Deadpool is Deadpool, but they have a similar kind of meta vibe. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was the uh, the Zombieland guys. Angel, is there, we never got Ron Tomatoes. Oof, we we never got to you, Angel. Is there anything you actively dislike? There's plenty yeah. things: Conan, Lincoln Park. Okay, not things I like. <laughs> <laughs> things you, on your own, actively dislike. Oh, by the way, next random Nintendo, I'll be talking about my final trip to see Conan O'Brien before the show wraps up. Just a little tease for all one person who cares out there. You're absolutely going to cry. No. No, because he's still going to be around. He's still doing shows. He's just not doing this show. Maybe You're a tour we'll shed. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But, Angel, is there, like, besides just listing off the, the things you know I like, <laughs> is there anything that, like, you've walked out and be like, that was awful? Or are you more, like, looking for good things in a bad place like I am? Um, I think I'm more in your camp. Like, I don't think I've – I don't – I definitely haven't regretted watching a movie like i think at most i just i'm just disappointed but that's pretty much it like i said like i was with raya mm-hmm. like i didn't regret watching that right. movie there was plenty of things to like about that movie but i was just like damn it i it's funny because it's like i was looking just, i just really wanted to love it but i couldn't so you know you could take that how you will um but yeah i don't think i've ever you walked know, out of a movie ahead, feeling like oh that really sucked um even Ninja Turtle ones, like I mean, obviously I want I wanted the last two live action ones to be really great, but as all bad, roads lead back to Michael Bay, <laughs> god damn it. Well, he produced it. He's like less <laughs> responsible for this one, but he still gets all the credit regardless. Um I but I mean case in point, I don't even remember the name of the director, and I feel like I should have, but I know the first one was directed by the guy that did uh well, crap. I guess I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he's the one that did <laughs> Clash of the Titans, which me and Matthew saw that movie in theaters. We had an okay time with that movie. It seems fun. But that's the Unleash the Kraken. Yeah. That's Unleash the Kraken. I, I think right? he was also supposed to, he was set to direct the live action American Bleach movie too at some point. Oh, geez. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like even those, like, there's plenty of things to not like about the Ninja Turtle movies, like how they changed the origin, the turtles, the designs themselves. Oh my god, those designs! But I mean, I, <laughs> we still bought the figure. We still, I don't know, just enjoyed watching a turtles movie in the theater. That's kind of like what like we ended up getting out of it. And at least the second one had a little more fun with it, even though it also had its fair share of eye rolly problems. Um, you know, I still just as much enjoyed watching a Ninja Turtle movie in theaters. 
Which I'm sure will be the same case for the Seth so, Rogen one. I don't know if I'm going to like it or not, but. I was about to say, where do you stand on that? Like, are you excited I, I don't for that? Even, or are like, you like cautiously optimistic? Like, as much or as I dislike, well, I can't say I really hate it either, but like, even Ninja Turtles 3, which is notoriously the worst one and all that, like, I don't necessarily hate it either. I don't think it, it definitely have the worst costumes. Oh yeah. I don't, and honestly, like, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything positive about it even the fact that it's a turtles movie is a <laughs> negative because it's like oh god i can't believe they did this to the turtles that this is the movie but because it exists and because of how terrible it is that gives me some kind of pleasure from it i don't know it's weird but yeah so i guess no i guess there isn't damn i guess i'm just gonna have to keep on being that person for for the group the foil. Just be the overly one. I guess it does give I won't say good content, but well, does I have that with games. Some content. <laughs> I mean it leads to I better would... I feel like it leads to better conversations. Because like when we talk about WandaVision, for example, you know, there were a lot of flaws with it, but I was only like, Yeah, but it does this right? And you know, I don't want to be blind to the fact that things didn't work and I feel like, you know, or even Captain Falcon Winter Soldier when we talked about that. Like I'm sure Kevin, when you and I talked about Loki, we're kind of a similar back and forth where we each know things the other person did and that kind of elevates the whole conversation you know yeah uh that being said loki that first episode dynamite i loved it yeah me too well, i we'll, we'll i the vibe the is great over, but yeah the vibe yeah, is that... like it's it stands out it feels it doesn't feel as like weighed down by being part of the main like phase four as the others even though it is like it feels a little more independent which gives it a little more elbow room to do its own thing and it, it's totally yeah. seizing that vibe and it's a hundred percent marvel's version of the good place just saying, hundred percent. It's like the, the the premise is so s- similar. But anyway, mm, well, I haven't seen the Good Place, so I don't know there. I uh, will just take your word for it. But uh, yeah, what were we saying, Angel? Something about uh, games? Oh no, that I, I definitely do have that with games, though. Like I remember, and I think I mentioned it in this show, or maybe it was a random Nintendo, where I was not enjoying my time with Transformers on the PSP. That I just returned it i just sold it at gamestop like i just stopped playing it and i'm like yeah this like i can't even like give this one the time of day basically transformers on the psp yeah it was it it was like an on rails like yeah it's like an on rails game but there's there's stuff i've been games that haven't clicked with me fully like um i remember one i was like oh but it's like a year ago. <laughs> and we can't even say you're not beating them driven. is a bad thing because you don't even beat the ones you well like. no 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 but i mean like there's one um when i first played um what remains of E.S. finch i was like i'm really into this like linear narrative driven thing which i've been saying for like a year plus now and i was like i'm gonna check out um firewatch and i'll have impressions and then i never followed up with impressions just something about it it's well made. The voice acting's good. Like it looks pretty, but just something about it did not click with me enough to get far enough that I felt like even give impressions. Like so, that does happen. But even then, like even when I was saying it just now, I I praised three things about it before I said the one negative. <laughs> so I guess that's just how I am. I guess I don't know. Right. Well, I guess uh, unless you guys have anything else to talk about, that'll wrap up this episode, right? Yeah, I think so. Sounds about right. Cool, cool. Big week, though. There we Big go. Big week ahead. Yes, sir. Uh, next week, next Sunday, hopefully next Sunday, uh, assuming all our schedules are, are in order. Uh, That's ominous, but yes. <laughs> E3. Well, I guess E3 is happening right now. As a matter of fact, I believe the Ubisoft conference is 
starting up right now. In about 10 minutes from this recording, which means when people hear this, it was 23 hours and 50 minutes ago. Or no, 24 hours and 10 minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Ram Nintendo, we will most well, obviously we're going to talk about their direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably will not see the treehouse because uh, uh, that's just way too long for me. But the director of all the highlights. And, you know, yeah, other exactly. presentations. We're talking about Ubisoft. It already got leaked. Mario and Rabbids 2 is official. So we'll be talking about that, among Spoilers. other things. It's Jesus. all over the internet. Yeah, you can't you even did like, things, huh? Wait, how's that a spoiler? It, by the time this even airs, it would be announced a day ago. Damn, do you think it's like the spoiled thing, huh? That's a good point. Well, <laughs> it's already news by the time people hear this. Damn, do you think it's like the spoiled thing, huh? Well, anyway, E3 is going to be fun. Yeah, Ram Nintendo, we will have, uh, we'll talk, we're going to talk about all stuff E3, and then random Nintendo, one topic, we're going to watch that goddamn last night movie. Oh, I'm gonna have yes, to force myself to watch that. Uh, and then whatever, whatever else we saw, played, watched, ate, we'll talk about. We have we ever talked food on this podcast? Yeah, the funny thing, the, the yum to buck ratio, the, the yum to buck ratio, the yum to buck ratio. How could I forget? So crude. Pretty sure we had a cold conversation on donuts and cookies. And yeah, we did. We did. And panda. And you know, now that we're not, and now that we're not tethered to being quarantined. The whole world is our oyster, including actual oysters to eat. So, I don't like oysters. Me neither. I don't know why I reference or scallops. that. They're, they're, they're weird. They're like doing shots of salt water. That... If you eat them out of the shell. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'll probably never do that. All right. Not missing now much. for the uh, housekeeping stuff. What do we usually do when we do? Uh... I'm so yep. bad. This is t- Would you like me to step in? An Would entire you like me to step in. Yeah, I mean, you do the housekeeping for me. Hey, guys. So if you want to catch us on all the great podcast platforms you may have, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Pandora, YouTube. We are RamNintendo.com. You can find us on Spotify as well, along with any other podcast out under the sun, including iHeartRadio. We are on Twitter at RamNintendo. You can follow us individually on Twitter as we share presumably E3 thoughts this week or thoughts on the last night. I'm JSR7. Angel is... Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Kevin is KVN Gomi. Uh, yeah, we're back hopefully next Sunday, which is the uh, insert date here because I don't know it, for uh, Random Nintendo and then the week after that, Random Nintendo. And uh, yeah, with that, I will – do I throw it to myself for the final word? Because I do the final word. Okay, so Kevin, final word. Uh, no, I'm not going to do the final – you're still going to do the final word. I oh, so I'll throw it to you. Okay, Kevin, yeah. tell me to say the final word. <laughs> Jason, hit the jingle. Hit the COVID jingle. <laughs> That's not a final word. I don't know what to do. 